How are we doing, folks? My guest today is going to be Paige McPherson. Paige is a two-time Olympian and Olympic bronze medalist in Taekwondo. In this episode, we go through and discuss Paige's journey into athletics and what has driven her to succeed so far. We also touch on some of the obstacles and failures she's had to overcome in her career. And we go into what the preparation is like for her as she has her eyes set on the 2021 Olympic Summer Games in Tokyo. I hope you folks enjoy Paige's journey of failures and successes so far. Also, In the Arena is donating $250 to the charity Safe Haven for Newborns on Paige's behalf. Safe Haven for Newborns is dedicated to saving the lives of newborns from infant abuse, abandonment, and assisting pregnant girls and women in crisis. Thanks, folks. I hope you enjoyed the episode, and please make sure to like, share, and subscribe. Awesome. Paige, thank you so much for taking the time. I really appreciate you coming on. We caught you right in between sessions. You just finished up a little bit of PT, and now you're going to another training session after this. So uh, I really appreciate you, you sneaking me in. Yeah, no, thank you for having me. It keeps me on my toes, right? That's good. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Makes it a full day. So yeah. uh, one of the things I kind of just wanted to, to touch on and kind of get to know you a little bit more in the fact of like, how did you kind of get into Taekwondo? I mean, part of that, it was your brother, right? Yeah, um, it was initially a family affair. Okay. My, bro- my older brother started it before me. And then the siblings underneath him kind of started to follow after him. And my parents at one point started, even my cousins. So it really became something um, that all of us kind of shared and did together, right? And Mm -hmm. um, there was a state state, uh, tournament that my instructor decided to randomly just like sign us up. Okay. And we weren't really into the combative, the sports side of this sport, Mm -hmm. but they were like, why not? It's close to here. Let's just kind of have, you know, a fun event, you know, something challenging, new. And we went and my team, you know, all of us won. So usually it's kind of like the, the, the ladder. Um, yeah. Once you win something, you're invited to the next thing. We were invited to regionals. I won that. Um, I was invited to nationals here on so forth. And mm-hmm. um, I started to do really well nationally Mm -hmm. and that's kind of how I was recruited by my current coach now which started off my sports career okay so what is that experience like at like a younger age and level I mean you know would you would you um I guess give a lot of kudos to the older brother because I always feel you know one of the last guests I had on you know he said that his brother was one of the more influential people and everything else and it's always that Mm -hmm. There's that sibling dynamic, I feel like, in a lot of the people yeah. I've had on the show, <laughs> that it's like that damn older brother or older sister yeah. trying to, like, chase them down and just, yeah. like, c- catch up to them, right? <laughs> no, the competition, honestly, between my brother and I, it only, not only did it help um, myself um, in a sense of being, you know, it wasn't just sports that we were competitive at. We were um comparing each other's grades you know how much mom and dad loved us (laughs) (laughs) like like did our chores everything like that um and so it was really healthy in a sense that it just made us you know be the best our best selves Mm -hmm. um but I would say my my brother did help me but I would really say that my parents overall are the number one um uh, person or 
two people right. that really influenced my career because they were my foundation at the mm. end of the day, whenever I had a hard moment, um, where I wanted to quit or give up, they always kind of were that hand reaching out to pick myself up and continue the journey. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, for sure. So were, were they really there kind of in, in some of those times when things don't work out the way that you, you want to, because I mean, absolutely. One of those things uh, that a lot of the guests I've had on and everything else, you know, you always talk about those successes and how, everything really is always going well, but, um, in a long career, like the career you've had so far, there's a lot of ups and there, there's a lot of downs in there. So, I mean, mm -hmm. what would you say are kind of some of those failures that you've, you've dealt with that have kind of helped propel you to, to new heights or really kind of, um, given you more strength going forward? Mm -hmm. Well, I would honestly say the per a perfect example of a huge failure that turned into a major success was actually for, well, five years ago, okay. um, which was at the Rio 2016 Olympics. Uh, it was my second Olympics. I had done everything prior physically, mentally, spiritually to get myself on top of that podium. Um, and my very first match come the stage and I lost to a girl that I had been planning and I had beaten previously, you know, she, I just didn't think anything of her and I lost. Um, and it was definitely hard to take in because having put that much effort and dedication to something that instantly, you know, mm -hmm. um, wasn't right for me. Um, and in the Olympics, if you want any recognition, it has to be, you know, on the podium. And so again, it's like, as soon as people are cheering on you and famous fleeting, right? So as right. soon as I lost, it, yeah. the crowd lost as well, left. Sure. You know? yeah, 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 of course, the air goes out <laughs> so, of the sails. Yeah, exactly. So it was a really hard time. Um, but at the end of the day, it was the lesson that I needed to learn how to prepare for essentially um, the next four years, which is mm -hmm. Tokyo, I wouldn't have been able to qualify for my third Olympic Games had I not lost, I personally believe, in Rio. And me being here, um, I qualified even in a more difficult path. I was able to qualify myself in an individually, not necessarily the weight category, okay. um, through ranking. So okay. the past four years, I all of a sudden just have been excelling in, in my performances. And um, I am actually the very first US uh, female Taekwondo player that has ever qualified three times in a row. So congratulations. Um, yeah, that, that failure really just kind of made me realize what I needed to excel at and, and, and work on. And it was not necessarily a physical aspect. It was more of a um, like strategical, mental, mm -hmm and yeah. overall spiritual journey that I needed to learn um, right. from that lesson. So, so what kind of speaking to that, what are some of those things that you, that you really have to take away? Cause it's always interesting. I mean, a lot of the guests that I have on, it's always those losses that are super tough yeah. that you get the most out of and people hate taking, I mean, I, I oh. hated talking about all the times <laughs> I did really shitty, but you know, you kind of yeah. have to go through and, and really look back. And those are the ones that you remember those performances that weren't great. And and they really make the difference. I mean, as you just were saying, I mean, it sounds like yep. that was really a huge turning point in your career to kind of get you to where you are. So, so was it just the simple fact of just overlooking an opponent or is there a bunch of other 
little things kind of peppered in there that kind of built to that unexpected loss. Yeah, no, there were a lot of um, parts to that, to that failure. First and foremost, I think what really uh, helped me in the future was that it's never a failure. You know, we look at that word and we just think the worst of it, but it really was more of a lesson. Mm -hmm. Um, I wouldn't have been able to understand exactly what I needed to work on um, had I not had that lesson. Um, So I also, I looked at fighting in a different perspective. It was more of a growing um, aspect rather than a have to win or else I'm not going to get anything out of this like Mm -hmm. career. Um, I really just focused on my journey rather than the destination because when we decide to look ahead, we forget all of the steps that need to be taken now in order to achieve that future. And so when I was able to just kind of not think of, you know, Tokyo or even potentially another tournament in the future, it Mm -hmm. made me be able to fight in the present, be in the present and work on myself now. And even also like accept all my flaws now. Um, I think I've learned through my experiences that you don't have to be perfect in order to win. And in sports and in general, we're always striving for perfection, right? Mm-hmm. But I think what's more important is consistency and being able to accept where you are in this given position and then being able to adapt to do the best performance that you can now. Um, so it kind of just made me really, it just kind of made me take away the, the glamour, the glitz and the glam, like the cherry on the top, which is the metal and just mm-hmm. kind of overall focus on myself and bettering myself. And then we'll see what happens in the future. You know what I mean? And the outcome, the outcome. And so when I was able to do that, that's when I, you know, was vice champion, uh, Grand Prix champion, Pan Am Games, et cetera, medalist, et cetera. You know, because I took away from all the pressure of uh, having to win and just really just trying to excel myself. Right. Trying to take away that pressure of kind of getting that result and the result. Yeah, exactly. It's what it's all about. It's, uh, I Mm -hmm. mean, it's so hard to think about, uh, I mean, it's easy to, to just say like, oh, you just need to be in the present. But yeah. when you're like at one of those events or you're at a competition and the butterflies and all that stuff kind of starts going the and the wheels start turning and, mm-hmm. you know, at least in, in our sport, it's 30 seconds. So you, yeah. are you, that's it. You train six, you know, 10 six months a minutes. year and then it's, <laughs> it's, it's 30 seconds, you know, your entire, yeah. you know, it's split down to like four or five minutes. Entire I mean, career. Entire career. So it's, it's crazy the amount of time and energy and all that stuff that you put in, which kind of adds on to that pressure, right? It definitely puts mm-hmm. that weight there because there, there is so much of your own time and own effort that you, that you've put in. And I mean, it makes perfect sense to just, be in the present because when you're in the present, it, it, it just, everything seems to slow down a little bit more. You can focus on the task. Exactly. And, and yeah, I mean, it's, it's really just uh, easier, easier said than done. Said so, than what, done. <laughs> yeah. so what are some of those things that you've kind of tried to do or that have helped you kind of be more in that present and kind of get that good flow state and, and everything else? Yeah. So I always like now have a routine, especially on competition day, for example, okay. like small things, you know, personal things where I would braid my hair, um, just to kind of get myself into like a fighting warrior mindset. (laughs) Um, 
And I also learned this trick from a sports psychologist that I worked with, a sports uh, mental coach, he'd mm -hmm. like to say. And he said, in order, the best way to get in the pr uh, present um, when you're nervous and then you kind of hear those, those voices in your head is to say a tongue twister. So like, for example, oh, okay. Peter Piper was a, because whenever you have to say <laughs> it, or my favorite is, Fuzzy Wuzzy wasn't there. <laughs> but whenever you do those like tongue twisters, it has mm -hmm. you have to focus, like, or else you won't be able to say them. Right. right? So it kind of gets you zoned in to this specific thing, to this specific saying. Sure. And all of a sudden, all those stresses, voices kind of disappear for that instant. Right. Mm -hmm. And yeah. then now you're in the present. And then I try to say something positive as in you deserve to be here. You've been working hard, you know, mm -hmm. all of these things that I've been preparing um, and working on in order to get me to where I am at now. And simply um, for me, I would say one trait that has really helped me over my years is my faith. Mm -hmm. I know that without the strength of my Lord, um, I wouldn't be who I am. And yeah. even as an athlete, and he's always kind of given me the strength to continue regardless, right? right. So those are some of the things that I now kind of um, integrate into my routine uh, before I compete. Yeah, I mean, those tri I mean, it sounds like those, those it's it, once again, it's simple, but it's so hard to actually kind of go through and mm -hmm. still and you know, the, the great learning opportunities that we have from those failures, you know, I mean, I'm sure you, you turn to your faith and you turn to a lot of those things to kind of bring yeah. you through some of those darker times and kind of turn those into, into more positives. Mm -hmm. So how is the, how is the training and, and preparation been towards this cycle and eyes on Tokyo and everything else? I mean, how, how has that kind of changed in this last year? Because obviously with oh, yeah. COVID, and everything else. I mean, you know, obviously you had to be disappointed and devastated. I mean, there's enough stuff going on. So, I mean, you know, it's, yeah, it's, you have to put everything in perspective, but at the same time, it had to be completely heartbreaking um, to not have it last summer and, you know, fingers crossed things are kind of looking up, looking bright for, for this summer. So how have things kind of gone towards that training and preparation? Yeah. So a lot of people don't, necessarily understand what it really takes to get to an Olympics. Um, even through the qualification qualification aspect, it takes years for an mm -hmm. athlete to dedicate themselves, sacrifice their lives, and even plan four years ahead to get to where you are. You know, there's only a certain amount of peaks too um, it, within a year. I think they say, don't get don't quote me, but around like two, three peaks each mm -hmm. year you can do physically. Right. Okay. Um, and so leading to the Olympics, um, everybody was kind of on a ramp up, right, to get to that final peak to where they are literally 200% at their best mm -hmm. at the Olympic Games, yep. you know. And so when they postponed it, um, a lot of us, even especially um, the older ones, too, uh, when we found out that we have a whole nother year it's a lot different as, as far as planning again, right? We were on a ramp to the peak and mm -hmm. then it stops. And so we kind of have to go back down a little bit to kind of ramp up again. Sure. And so a year is a lifetime, especially for a lot of athletes in combative sports in general, a year can make you from being a champion one year to, you know, a non-contender in mm -hmm. another, right? Just because right. of the evolution of the game, 
even just you evolving yourself personally. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot to take in. Um, so for me, yes, it was definitely devastating. Um, I am on the older side <laughs> of athletics. Um, and I thing. did, yeah, no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> but I have to take a little bit more extra preparation. You know what I mean? Right, for <laughs> so, sure, yeah. So um, it was definitely challenging because one, I was on a ramp up Two, I was planning to uh, kind of transition from the athletic life to a normal or regular life, Mm -hmm. um, in my personal opinion, of what a normal life is, right? (laughs) (laughs) Um, But no, and so for another year to kind of like mentally just wrap around the whole process of dealing with, again, with the physicality of it all, with Mm -hmm. the uh, psychology aspect, with the financial issues too of a whole new year, Mm -hmm. um, it was definitely challenging. But I think that as a professional athlete, you understand that there are several like um, foundations or um, uh, pillars in order to get in order to be where you are now and in the future. And that is, you know, having the right team behind you. I'm so fortunate um, to have an amazing team um, of amazing individuals behind me that were able to help me financially, spiritually, and even in my training regimen. So um, if it wasn't for them, (laughs) it would have been an even more meltdown. But um, just... I always try to see the glass half full. Um, mm-hmm. It's been a blessing in disguise, really. Um, a year, especially in Taekwondo, it is a constant um, repetitive competition schedule, right? Okay. Yeah. And so we're, we're competing maybe two, three times a month year round. There's no such thing as a break right. in our no sport. And okay. so um, this year um, has essentially allowed us to solely just train and better our skill set. right Um, until the olympics so and at the end of the day we're all in the same situation we're all dealing with this covid this pandemic Mm -hmm. and it will be really exciting to see who's now going to be at the olympic games you know ready for this you know potentially getting to the gold medal and because all of us you know will be at the peak of Mm -hmm. our um sports career so how much do you think that kind of has helped to be able to break up um, all the competition, the constant, you know, two to three times a month you're competing and everything else where now you've kind of had that opportunity to go through and, and, and train a little bit more just for yourself personally. I mean, I know you're thinking about how everyone else is going to be and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and what, you know, what the expectations are for everybody, but I'm for you, I mean, how much has it been able to help um, give you almost a little bit of like a, a, a mental break because there is that difference when you're going through and competing and everything else mm-hmm. and it, it, it that is a different mental game than just taking a step back and just being able to work on certain technique and and stuff like that I mean after you kind of found out the Olympics were going to be postponed did you take some time off you're like hey I need a month to just reprogram figure out if mm-hmm. I want to make another run or if I need <laughs> yeah, to be done yeah. or because I mean absolutely. at that state you like you have to make those decisions at some point like absolutely right, do I want to continue to go another year and mm-hmm. so so how did you kind of um adjust to that yeah so we actually when we first ha- well when we first found out actually a year ago 
um, that they had postponed it for this summer, mm-hmm. um, we definitely took uh, time away from training, especially having been you know, grinding for the last four years, it was only right and um, logical, rational to take a time off, especially when we didn't know what was going on. So we had about maybe two months where okay. we didn't train as much like our level, our intensity level of our trainings and schedule wasn't as thick. Mm-hmm. Um, so we would train still five times a day or five times a week, excuse me, Mm-hmm. But we would train once a day okay. and little by little, our, our head performance uh, coach, my coach, Juan Moreno, he created the game plan and the training regimen okay. to slowly start um, peaking now, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was nice. Like you said, it was a mental break because it allowed us to just remind ourselves why we do our sport um, in this level of the game our goal is to win, you know what I mean? Um, And so we sometimes forget why we even started this sport to begin with. So I think over the last few months, I've really learned and understood why I started to begin with that. I love this sport at the end Mm. of the day. And um, we were able to, you know, even see our families because we're always traveling I, I live in Miami, Florida, whereas my family live in Sturge, South Dakota. And mm-hmm. so I usually only see them once a year. Um, so I was able to kind of FaceTime them a little bit more, uh, see my friends when I could, mm-hmm. um, of course, safely. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but got to say that. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, it was kind of allowed. It allowed us to relax really just mentally Um, and even dealing with the politics in sport um, it allowed us to just kind of not have to deal with any of that just because they didn't know themselves right so it was a it was definitely a break from the wear and tear and the political and strategic game of of sports Mm -hmm. and I'm sure that's got to be I mean it's almost a little bit better just to get that like mental break and mental step away yeah. sometimes, you know, the body can, it's amazing how it'll mold and continue to go yeah. as much as you push yeah. it. But that, that mental break, I'm sure um, had to make a big difference for you kind of when you, when you got back to it. Now mm-hmm. um, you said coach Juan Moreno and you've kind of been, so you've been with him for a pretty long time then in your career. Like how has that kind of relationship built over the years? Cause when we were talking about it earlier, you said, you know, he, you kind of, did those first work your way up the ladder? And then he was kind of the coach there. That's like, Hey, you should come kind of train, yeah, train with me. So how long have you been working with him and wh- how has that relationship kind of built through the years? Oh, um, Juan Moreno actually is, he himself, um, is a three-time Olympian, two-time silver medalist, um, overall amazing individual, and I've been with him for 12 years now, which is okay. crazy to say. <laughs> 12 years. 12 years. <laughs> yeah. But I moved, I moved here after high school and, and I didn't know anyone. And he has always been a mentor, a leader um, that I've always strived to somehow kind of rub off on me. Right. <laughs> um, but our relationship, I wouldn't have thought that I would be here again he had so much belief in me um and I am considered a very round athlete as in I have more uh tricks and skill sets as 
not necessarily uh, some of my other opponents. Um, whenever the game evolves or changes, you know, he's kind yeah. of molded me into this athlete where I can adapt given the situation that I am in. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he, I remember the very first time I went into his office um, at the peak performance facility, a lot of the athletes before me were national team members, etc. Mm-hmm. And I just remember him telling me, listen, I want you to dedicate yourself to four years. Um, and this was before the 2012 Olympics. And he's like, regardless of the outcome, you know, I want you to say, and well, take your time, but I want you to let me know if you're here to win or we're here to just, you know, I don't know, on a vacation. Right. And so I committed to the four years and he's like, if you have belief in me, I'll take you to your first Olympics. And he's like, not just one, but I'll, I believe that you can get to three. And at that moment, you know, I'm like, no, there's just no way. <laughs> yeah. There's just no way, you know, again, mm-hmm. nobody had done that before. Yeah. And, you know, just looking back today, I just can't believe <laughs> that he was able to make that happen, you know, mm-hmm. and it, it wasn't just, myself again it was him um and then my teammates and everything that the team behind the team right? right um that got me to where i am today yeah that i mean that team is is so important because it's behind the scenes not not much yep. credit there but in most you know individual sports team sports i mean there's a whole crew of people friends family pts coaches that really kind of help um that are kind of, you know, helping you up during those dark times and during those positive times as well. And I mean, Mm -hmm. over the course of, you know, 12 years of doing it, I'm sure you have quite the, uh, quite the team you can, you can look back on and that are always there to bounce ideas Mm -hmm. on and off of and, and things of that nature, for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. And Juan Moreno in in himself is an exception, was an exceptional athlete, is an Mm -hmm. exceptional coach he's always learning um evolving he's dedicated to the game and so he really instilled me you know work ethic perseverance and just you know belief in yourself and it was that he also he told us but he also uh showed it in himself and the way he is as a person and so it's inevitable that I would be here alongside um several um athletes behind me that have potential in the future Mm -hmm. now for you yourself, what kind of like coaching or, or do you like to take as like an, cause everyone's a little bit different. And as a coach, it's always one of those things that I think is one of the most fun aspects of it is the fact mm-hmm. of trying to get each athlete to reach their full potential. And everyone mm-hmm. is different. Not everyone is going to react the same way to maybe you're a little bit more aggressive. You talk down to them a little, you know, there's different ways to push different buttons with, with each athlete. So mm. I'm always kind of curious, like for you personally, what are some of those things that, that really help um, you when you get coached by him? I mean, are you, is it negative, more negative feedback? Is it positive stuff? Is it positive sandwich with negative? Is it, you know, how, how, yeah. cause there's so many different ways and so many different approaches. I'm just kind of curious what for you personally, I mean, do you get down on yourself a lot? So you need someone that's really going to help pick you up. Um, and yeah, just kind of curious. Yeah, no, definitely. I like this question. Actually, <laughs> um, As an athlete and just overall in my career, I was never the person that had that natural born confidence in themselves. Um, I came from a small town. And so I always thought I was kind of behind everyone else. And as far as the city kids, 
mm-hmm. um, the the athletes that ha- were in you know school after school programs had the f- government funding etc. And so mm-hmm. I always tried to I always thought that I was behind everyone. Um, Coach Moreno for me is somebody that understands me as an individual. There mm-hmm. are so many exceptional coaches out there, but I think that what makes him special special is that he is able to relate to our situations, right? He himself was an athlete before. Yeah. Um, and he's also really real with me. <laughs> he, he doesn't, he doesn't sugarcoat. Right. Anything, That's always a good thing. <laughs> which is good. And it allows me to trust him. And mm-hmm. he, even outside of sports, he goes above and beyond for his um, family and friends. Mm-hmm. And so I think for me, whenever I'm coached, I just need somebody in my chair that I know that is, willing to ride and die with me you right. know what I mean yeah, I absolutely. I've been asked to be uh coached by other um coaches that are well knowledge right sure. very yeah. educated in the game but mm-hmm. there's just no connection between us like I'm yeah. solely just you know a pawn to better you know have a better um reputation for him as a coach right there's right yeah yeah. Mm -hmm. he's more essentially about himself sometimes the coach and their ego whereas I need somebody that I'm ready to go into war with you know Mm -hmm. and so coach Moreno is some is someone like that and he not only um is able to adapt to my personal needs he's he adapts to everyone and at the end of the day he he's the colonel he'll tell right right right. his (laughs) coaching method is do this, do that, do <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, sure. Like, yep. and I listen, right, mm-hmm. <laughs> and follow his lead. He's he's a leader at sure. the end of the day, and not only a leader but a role model. So mm-hmm. that's what it, I would say. It's it's one of those great balances, right? To kind of mm-hmm. be a leader, and then at the same time, you have to have that relatability to the athletes to be able to bring those. It's, it's definitely a fine line to walk friend coach like you have to find that space where it's like yeah. okay here's the separation and exactly this is the leader part where that comes in and then at the same time this is where kind of that relatability comes in and and everything else and it's one of those things that i think's just so important is that communication mm-hmm. and that's one Amen. of the things with athletes like i always tell my kids and stuff like i can't fix problems i don't know about you have yeah. to be able to communicate. Like yep. I would rather over communicate than under communicate any yeah. issue or anything like that. And I think that's same thing in life, like with my wife yeah. or relationships in general, like you got to make sure that everything is at least out there and then you can, you can talk about it. Cause I can't, can't fix problems. I don't know about. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And even just the sense of respecting the individual's needs, for example, Mm-hmm. Um, whenever I have a competition, I don't look at the uh, brackets of who okay. I'm going to fight to mm-hmm. just because I don't like to look ahead. And right. general, like I've said it in Rio, <laughs> I looked ahead, I looked right. ahead and I didn't pay attention to the person in front of me. And so I don't look at the brackets and I don't want anybody to tell me <laughs> who I'm going to fight, you know, until the day I, until the day I compete, mm-hmm. but he respects that. Right. Because sure. a lot of other athletes have to know um, who they're fighting Who's and next, then they'll yeah. kind of look up their previous fights, et cetera, and kind of have a strategy. Whereas I'm just kind of like being the present. Every situation is a little bit different. Every fight is different. Mm-hmm. And let me just figure it out. You know right. what I mean? And yeah, so absolutely. he's able to understand that he respects me for that. Right. Instead mm-hmm. of trying to tell me, no, you need to do it this way. Right. He allows me to kind of 
figure out my own path, right. In order to be successful. So that's yeah. one thing I really like too. No, that's awesome. I mean, it seems to definitely be paying, uh, paying dividends so far. Yeah. Keep, keep that train going. Exactly. Now, just don't tell me. Yeah. Just don't tell me. <laughs> just let me go ahead and do my thing. <laughs> so what are some of those other habits that you kind of do day in, day out that you think have kind of helped you be successful so far, whether it's in your preparation for this Olympics mm. and everything, what are, what are some of those, um, daily habits or kind of weekly, you know, one of the things I always uh, talk to the guests about is, you know, whether they're writing out uh, their weekly goals. I know a lot of people mm. that are post-it notes all over the place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They love to, they don't note take at all. They're able to keep it upstairs and they'll write down yeah. like what they want to do, a couple goals for the month or, so I'm always kind of just curious with different people that come on, like for you, what are, what are some of those either daily or kind of weekly habits that you think have, have helped you succeed so far? Um, one of the first things I do, or well, the first thing I do every single day is make the bed, right? Small, bed. small, small um, thing to do. Not so crazy, but it's, it's a win. Right? Sure. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. It's a small <laughs> win at the beginning of the day, especially when you're tired and you have to go to training. Um, but to make the bed is just to give yourself that small win. So mm. that little positivity actually just helps throughout the day. And most importantly, I, I really do think the way you eat, the way you sleep, you know, even the way you take care of yourself all comes down to your daily routines, like you said, and how, mm. how much, how willing you're, yeah, how, how am I going to say this? <laughs> um, how much effort you put into it kind of mm. shows like how much respect you have for yourself, right? So if, right. Yeah, if yeah, you eat sense. well, you know, that means you love yourself, right? It's all about self-care. Mm -hmm. um, and so I always try to do anything throughout the day, even if I'm having a bad day, is to do it, you know, 100%. And mm -hmm. even if I don't do it, and to allow myself that, all right, right. I just didn't do it, you know, <laughs> to hold exactly. myself accountable at, at the same time, you know? Yeah. And so it's just kind of like just that daily... Um, highs and lows of being okay and not being perfect, but striving to do your best each day. Right. Each day, really trying to make sure that you go in and at least make the bed because even if yeah. you get a rough day, you have a nice, you know, made bed yeah. to crawl into and then, you know, wake up for the next day. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I do like sometimes I, well, I do meal prep. I eat healthy overall. Um, mm. I always try to, you know, drink half a gallon of water yeah, that's a lot of water because <laughs> that is that is hard for me I, yeah. I can't but I I try and then I I listen to podcasts I really like podcasts mm -hmm. um lately and just you know the small things I pray you know throughout the day and always be thankful even if I'm in a bad day too I'm just like all right God thank you for this challenging time to work <laughs> on my patience or you right. know yeah no persevere etc so yeah it's a daily thing so, you know, it's, it's funny because you do have those, those rough days in training and they do, they do kind of come up and, but I feel like as you, you know, touched on like praying about, Hey, thanks for the rough day. And those rough days really kind of help to propel those, those bigger and brighter, like light bulb yep. moments, aha moments, Absolutely. When things kind of start to really snowball effect. And then you start hitting one day after another, they kind of, they kind of tag together, um, but I'm just kind of curious, what has helped 
break up the monotony because, you know, we touched on it earlier, you know, there's two or three kind of peaks that you have a year, but then mm-hmm. training like, you know, every, you know, five every days a week or whatever. Day. So it's every single day, that same routine and routine is great. It creates that consistency, which builds that success. And, but you know, sometimes that gets a little yeah. bit boring. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. No, I definitely think there are things in, in your personal life that you have to have like a balance with there's a mm-hmm. there's always has to be a yin and yang you know mm-hmm. focusing too much on training you'll end up burning out right mm-hmm. focusing too much on other things um you end up not being ready for what your essentially your goal is right mm-hmm. so yeah. i always try to stick to my schedule but at the end of the day i always have a time where i like a day i choose to do whatever i want whether mm-hmm. that's going to a coffee shop, going shopping, hanging out with friends, volleyball, um, just something that will kind of make me forget about essentially Taekwondo for sure. that moment, yeah. Yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. So that's ju- generally what I do. Um, even though in practices, when we're exhausted, tired, unmotivated, I think it's really important to stay disciplined. I mean, discipline is where success grows from right Mm -hmm. you're not going to be motivated all the time to do anything (laughs) in life right and so those are the those are the learning moments right those Mm -hmm. are the the moments where you realize and understand who you really are are you the person that wants to give up or are you going to try to see this for what it is and continue forward so those are testing moments yeah those testing moments so how have you built that discipline just just for yourself over the years because i mean when you start out uh, you know 10 12 years ago i'm sure the discipline mm-hmm. is not what it is now <laughs> and you know it gets lonely the higher and higher you Absolutely. get up the mountaintop so as you meal prep and and do all those things i mean what has kind of helped with with that discipline for you along the way because it doesn't just happen you know snap no. your fingers and okay now I'm, I'm going to bed at nine o'clock Mm-mm. at six i'm not eating Mm-mm. ice cream i'm totally like it's all good so what has kind of helped you along along that way to to build that discipline well i honestly would say uh my experience throughout throughout the years okay. i mean i've been yeah. in taekwondo for over 20 plus years mm-hmm. um also sports and competition it's very um short term as in you either know you're going to win or lose right mm-hmm. you go to a competition and you lose uh, you understand that there's something you have to change within your regimen in order to be successful in the future. So mm-hmm. a lot of my um, aha moments <laughs> are kind of when <laughs> I realize if I want if I want to achieve my goal, right, and how mm-hmm. badly I want to get there. And so every competition, I kind of um, write down what I should have done and what I shouldn't have done. I, I've learned throughout the okay. years that eating um junk food or eating mcdonald's before a competition is not not the way to go (laughs) because because i lost you know Mm -hmm. what i mean uh, like again all those failures that people say it's really life life lessons Mm -hmm. but the important thing is to learn from them and i've learned because of those those hardships or those lessons is that i have to be more disciplined in my life in order to get to that um the caliber of competition that I want to be at, which is the Olympics. Cause yeah. the Olympics, the all competitors are like the talent wise are like level, right? It's sure. only like a micro inch um, where or an inch and a half, right? Where you're sure. off from the loser to the gold medalist. So you have to just kind of tighten everything 
um, in order to be, you know, hopefully on top. Right. Just that, that edge above. Yeah. Now, like uh, one of the things you just touched on the uh, takeaways kind of after each and every performance, you kind of write down. So do you, will you do mm -hmm. like, Hey, these are three of the positives that I can really take away three yeah. of the negatives. And do you look back less? So will you look back on that? Say if it's from like a year ago or a couple of years, like, you know, Pan Am games from 2018, yeah. what were some of those positives that I did that I won the gold yeah. or what were some of like, mm -hmm. do you go back and look that far? Or is it kind of just a, a little, little mental note? Like, Hey, uh, maybe not back that far, but more sure. recently in the okay. past months. I mean, that's another thing that's challenging with COVID is that I have, I haven't been able to compete at all for, yeah. for a year. And so I'm not able to kind of measure and see where I'm at. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, but yeah, no, essentially because of my experience in the past, I have created habits and I've created routines. Mm -hmm. Um, and before when I was younger, I always looked at, I, I had a, like a Taekwondo journal basically. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I would write, all right, after a, a really good training session, all right, well, what did I eat? Like, what, why did I do so well today in comparison yeah. of the previous days, right? And so I kind of kept a log and in, even wrote down some of my habits that I was doing um, in order to be successful. And that's yeah. another reason why I think my faith is a huge factor as well is because I've understood and I realize now um, that whenever I gave it to God, whenever I was allowed to let myself go and forget about the pressures, you know, mm -hmm. the what ifs, what right. could be, you know, that was when I truly performed. And mm -hmm. I only understood that when I had to go through that experience. Sure. For example, which was the Rio 16. I thought mm -hmm. I had everything. I did everything you know, physically possible to put myself in that gold position, mm -hmm. but it didn't work out. And then when I finally, the next four years, I was like, all right, what do you want from me? <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. kind of let it just happen. That was mm -hmm. when I was the most successful in my entire career. Right. Um, and so it was just through learning and understanding myself more and yeah. getting to understand what I need as an individual, not necessarily what others think I should do. Mm -hmm. No, I mean, I think that's really a great takeaway for, for those people listening out there and everything else to just get out of your head and just allow those moments to happen. Like, you know, you put in so much work and, and mm -hmm. so much effort and just once it's, once you're in the gate, there. You know, the bell mm -hmm. rings, like just, just let it happen and kind of enjoy that moment and, and trust in the 12 years of training that you, yeah. you've kind of <laughs> put into in it. Process. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> so what is one of those things as you kind of gear up towards the, the next peak that um, is going to help you kind of stay focused? What, what helps you kind of stay on the priority? I mean, is it just as simple as I got Tokyo and uh, hopefully fingers crossed, you know, four or five months. And then that, mm -hmm. that, I mean, I'm, I'm locked in, I'm focused on that right now. And, and, all eyes are on that. So that kind of helps you each and every day or, or what are some of those things that kind of keep, keep your eye on the prize? Um, for me personally, the, in order to have my eye on the prize is to not have my not, eye on the prize. I like it. I like to it. not is to not think so far ahead. Cause once you start thinking ahead, you start to um, maybe get tense 
nervous. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm, it's too soon. Um, you start to go crazy. Well, personally for me, I start to feel the pressure, right? I'm Mm -hmm. like, Oh my goodness. I remember one of my friends said, Oh, we only have a hundred and like 50 days left. And I was like, (laughs) hundred, that's not that far, you know? Yeah. So, and so, uh, even one of my coaches said is to think backwards, like, all right, the Olympics is in July. You, you're going to compete in May, June, in April, you may have a training camp. What are you going to do in these two months? Right. Mm -hmm. So it's February, March. Mm -hmm. And so now that we're in March, what is the goal now? And don't think about anything in the future, what happens in April, May, June, what are we doing right now in March? And so that is kind of what I take from it. I, I solely focus on this month. And then, of course, we have a schedule for this entire month, which is training, you know, in Colorado Springs, having international training camps, et cetera. Mm -hmm. So, again, it kind of puts you, again, into current events rather than thinking about, yeah, future. And I truly believe that the only way I'm going to get better for then is now. And I have to think like that every single day is to take um, the opportunity of now and work on myself now, not put it off for tomorrow or the next day, et cetera, but to just take every day and just, you know, grind. (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, I think that that's a great, definitely a great tactic and a great uh, thought process to kind of think backwards from it. I haven't heard that before. Mm -hmm. I think that that's definitely Mm -hmm. like a unique way to kind of break things down allows yeah. you to stay more in the moment. I, uh, yeah, no, I think that that's a good, good approach. So will you get the, uh, opportunity to compete before? I mean, obviously you're probably doing like team competitions and everything else, but yeah. is there any like official events or before the Olympics at all? Will you get the opportunity? Yeah. There are actually, finally, okay. um, good. That's unfor- good thing. <laughs> <laughs> finally, yeah, unfortunately there was one in, uh, Bulgaria this weekend, um, that we have to kind of go through our federations in order mm-hmm. to get the okay right to travel. Right. Um, but I wasn't una- I was unable to go there. Okay. Um, our schedule competition kind of starts in April and May for us. Oh, cool. This is what their approach was. So mm-hmm. right now I'm solely just training, training. Um, but at the same time, we have international athletes, Olympians at that too, that are coming to Miami to train with us. Mm-hmm. So we have, you know, those exchanges in the uh, gym, but um, an official tournament will probably be in April and May. Cool. I'm sure you're pretty excited. Yeah, about I'm, that. Exci- to- <laughs> I'm excited. <laughs> Nervous again, you know, because right. it, it's, it's scary at the end of the day. I can't, I can't lie about that. Having mm-hmm. not competed for a year, um, you don't know. But the best right. thing is, is that I'll, when I have that competition, I'll kind of be able to assess where I'm sure. at and then adjust for the, uh, yeah, for the games, yeah, <laughs> for no, the biggest absolutely. stage in the world. <laughs> <laughs> but that's part but of the yeah. fun. Like you trust in yeah, that process exactly. and preparation and all the coaching and all you've gone into it and that experience. Yep. So that'll be a good uh, – I'm sure big things will happen. I have, uh, I have no doubt. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank of you. Course. Yeah, no, I'm excited. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, one of those things that's kind of taken away is that travel. And that as an athlete, as a former athlete, that was always one of the things I loved the most was mm-hmm. we do fall training camps in Switzerland and we go to Australia yeah. in the summer and you'd kind of go around uh, training all these very cool, unique places and then go compete all over. So, uh, 
for you, were you a fan of that travel? Did you hate to travel because you were kind of constantly going and stuff like that? Mm-hmm. How, how did you enjoy that whole process? And are you excited to get back to getting a little <laughs> bit of traveling? Yeah, no, I, <laughs> I, think everybody I, is. Love, I love to travel mm-hmm. first thing, but it is like sometimes a love hate <laughs> relationship, <laughs> especially with um, the time difference, right? Mm-hmm. And learning sure. how to acclimate, you know, yourself to that specific yeah. region or area. Definitely. And so it also depended on the um, event and the caliber of the event. So if it was a higher caliber tournament, we'd have more time there. Therefore, we'd leave um, earlier. Mm-hmm. Whereas if we had a smaller, like, oh, let's just go there for points, we'd literally get there the day before weigh-ins, weigh-in, then compete the next day. So the Oof. fight mm-hmm. of- <laughs> The time difference and the jet lag it was rough you know you were mm-hmm. you couldn't wait you know sometimes that it was 8 p.m you know yeah, that day yeah. to finally fall asleep <laughs> it was you know those little wins right but no I love I love to travel essentially um it's amazing to see all the different cultures um the way people live and the different areas mm-hmm. around the world and so it's also allowed me to appreciate what I have here in the States. Um, Definitely. At the end of the day, I personally think we are very fortunate um, sure. to where we are. And so if anything, it's, it's really just made me more grateful mm-hmm. as a person and as an athlete. Right. To get that. Yeah. You see the differences and how people are living in different spots. It definitely makes you yeah. appreciate and you get to check out all these cool places and, and travel mm-hmm. all around. And have you read um, Why We Sleep by Matthew Walker? I haven't. So that will be if there's one book to kind of check out okay. Why We Sleep by Matthew Why Walker. It's awesome. Uh, we'll definitely help with like jet lag and, and stuff like that. He's kind of at the forefront. Of, okay. Of sleep and all that stuff. So I highly recommend it. It was one of those things to help you prep for, cause we're constantly going Australia, different, you know, traveling yeah. around and yeah. stuff like that. So yep. obviously not with COVID, but hopefully we'll be back to that soon. And yeah, there's exactly. a lot of different things you can do to help with jet lag and kind of how to get your sleep and all that stuff. Cause it's so critical, especially when oh, absolutely. You know, you're eating all the right foods and all that different stuff. So mm-hmm. definitely if you get the chance, read that, that's a, that's a, really okay. Cool yeah, I'll definitely. I'll definitely read that. Thank you. Yeah, of course. Um, <laughs> no, what, so when you're not competing, what are some of those like fun things that you like to do outside of the world of athletics? Because there is that mm. time. Uh, shopping. I heard that. Uh, before. <laughs> that sounds like a good, you know, I know. it's window. <laughs> it's more like window shopping. Window shopping. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say just because uh, being in Taekwondo and when mm. I was younger, I did have to cut weight. Fortunately, I don't have to quit. Uh, cut weight right now but I've become a foodie Foodie, good good (laughs) a foodie another perk of traveling is you get to try all the cuisines too right right? in the different countries Uh I really enjoyed that I wasn't afraid to try every almost I almost tried almost everything right in those countries um but no I love food so whenever we have time I we love to like go have brunch um we'll have beach we have amazing weather here so we'll always go to the beach play volleyball um window shopping window shopping just honestly anything that will again allow me to not focus on taekwondo and what i have to do come monday Mm -hmm. so just kind of like that mental break is really what i'm striving to do and i mean essentially 
uh, now that things are going are um, opening up here mm-hmm. in Florida. Yeah. Um, we've been able to kind of like stay longer, you know, mm-hmm. in the dining, in the dining <laughs> right. situations, yeah. sure. you know, so it's been, it's been a lot better now. Yeah, no, that's good. Hopefully, like I said, hopefully, uh, things will start to open up a little bit more. Have yeah. you had to test? Have you had to test like a bunch? Has that been, um, I have only had to touch it, test a few times only for okay. traveling, but, gotcha. um, fortunately I haven't had the test where they go up your nose and touch your brain you know what I mean (laughs) right (laughs) I haven't had that I have had just blow your nose right and then Mm -hmm. just uh swab but yeah and that's about it so (laughs) well that's good yeah yeah. hopefully you haven't had to do too much testing and, and stuff like that I mean I'm curious do you have, have they said any idea of what the protocol would be for Tokyo? Cause I know, I mean, that's one of the concerns, like, are they have everyone mm-hmm. test in or they having people, mm-hmm. all the athletes will get the vaccine. Have they discussed any of those with you, broached any of that stuff with you at all or still too far to say, um, mm-hmm. even they don't even know whether we'll have uh, spectators or not, mm-hmm. um, sure. but we should know this month. So I'm, I'm really curious as to what they have to say. Generally speaking, I don't think they'll mandate the vaccine, mm-hmm. um, but we'll definitely have to quarantine, obviously, uh, before the games. It will be definitely a different um, experience. Yeah. As in, um, we won't be able to really um, uh, socialize with socialize the other a, yeah, athletes. Kind of, yeah. We kind of have to be within our own team, mm-hmm. within our own sport right. and then even within our own like group. So, yeah, now that makes it, that makes it a little bit, uh, a little bit tough there, but at least you've had those other Olympic experiences. Oh yeah. You no know, going through exactly. and getting, getting a touch on those. And if you have to, if you have a few tickets, I mean, you have a pretty big family. So, I mean, who's going to yeah. get, you know, other than mom <laughs> and dad, who else is going to get the nod oh. there brothers? <laughs> Yeah, I know. I, I mean, it, it really comes down to them, right? If, if you want to come, <laughs> they got you, right? Yeah. <laughs> but no, I think um, possibly one of my older brothers mm-hmm. um, will try to come to Tokyo. So for Rio, actually, my eldest sister, Aaron, and my brother-in-law, Mike, um, mm-hmm. went to Rio. And it was honestly their very first time really being out of the States. Um, I wouldn't, I don't count Canada, right? (laughs) But it was their first time um, experiencing a different culture, you know, even a different Mm -hmm. language in Rio. And they had a blast, you know, a lifetime Mm -hmm. experience. And just seeing them being able to experience that was, you know, it was worth (laughs) those four years of (laughs) grind, right? Is to essentially give back and allow others to kind of, experience what i am doing as well mm-hmm. um and so i hopefully i hope that um my eldest brother uh my eldest brother graham mm-hmm. will come get the opportunity <laughs> for to tokyo come, you know, yeah, yeah. open it get a little eye-opening uh world yeah, travel exactly. experience right that's always a mm-hmm. good thing so uh before we leave uh, a couple things just i was curious on um, a couple, uh, some words of wisdom. If you have some, uh, some kids out there that are thinking about getting into Taekwondo and kind of getting into those athletics, what would be a couple of things for them to kind of just, uh, stay on track or, or just enjoy the sport? Mm-hmm. Uh, don't be afraid to go for your dreams. I know that's kind of cliche, but it, it really is 
is the key to anything in life, right? Key to happiness. Um, I think it's very intimidating, even scary sometimes to go for what you truly want. But even if you don't necessarily get to the like peak of that, that stage, like uh, get to the Olympic platform, mm-hmm. um, you'll be better off doing something that you love instead of regretting it for the rest of your life. Right. Right. And I also say with anything success, there is no shortcut to success. There's always a a moment where you have to give it your all. You have to sacrifice and you have to grind. But at the end of the day, um, just enjoy it. You know, sometimes we wish um, our hardships away, our pains away. But if we wish that away, we're wishing away life. Right. Right. We're wishing we're wishing away the the journey in itself, which is at the end of the day, the reward, because once you get to that goal or once you get to that destination, what do we always talk about or reminisce about? It was about the moments in between. It was never like, yeah. oh, I just, I just remember that one time when I got that gold medal and it was this round <laughs> and this heavy. No, nah, you don't talk about that. You talk about, oh, do you remember so-and-so did this, you know, did that, you know? So Right. enjoy the process at the end of the day enjoy the journey don't be afraid of of falling down you're gonna fall down but the most important thing is to get back up and and persevere yeah absolutely wise so. words that is, that is <laughs> and also make your bed make and your bed make your day. bed <laughs> yeah. simple thing but it will simple i thing. guarantee you lead for <laughs> success <laughs> key for success <laughs> absolutely now uh the charity we're donating uh for today safe haven for newborns why don't we uh touch on that a little bit yeah it's a nonprofit organization that basically mm-hmm. essentially allows uh distressed women to find the resources in order to prevent them from having to do the final decision as in abortion or mm-hmm. even abandonment of children. Mm-hmm. Um, so please, if anything, donate. Um, it's a really good cause and that's all I have to say about it. <laughs> awesome. Well, yeah. Thank you yeah. so much for taking the time. We look, uh, the show looks forward to donating to that and best of wishes moving forward. Hopefully we'll have you, uh, on the show again, but Thank you so much. Uh, and thanks really for taking the time. I do appreciate it. Like I said, sneak in yeah. after PT before <laughs> another training session. I know you yeah, got a busy course. schedule, so really appreciate it. All right. Well, uh, thanks everybody. And uh, we'll chat again soon. Right, bye. Thank you. Bye. Hey, everybody. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please make sure to like, share, and subscribe. And if you're watching or listening on YouTube, please make sure you hit that bell button so you get notified every time a new episode drops. Thanks. Thanks.